Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hi, this is Joanna Perbich, and welcome to Crime Talk. Uh, this is the uh, your Radio Free Brooklyn true crime uh, talk show every Saturday at 11 a.m. And thank you so much for joining me. I know it's pretty early. <clears throat> I'm here with a guest and friend of the show, Jad Sleeman. Happy to be here to talk about crime. And... So, as you guys know, uh, I always start the show with a rundown of this week's crime news. And uh, we have quite a bit this week. It was very eventful if you want to shoot or rob someone or get arrested. Uh, so, to start off, uh, last, su- last Sunday, rapper Takashi69 said that uh, he was that two men forced him from a car in, at a Brooklyn intersection and robbed him with like jewelry and some money. He initially told police that two men with guns uh, hit the back of his car and uh, so they stopped to figure out what the damage was. They jumped out, uh, stole his iPhone, uh, they grabbed him and told him to... Uh, call some friends to get some valuables and that they weren't going to let him go until they did. And uh, then as soon as that was over, he was able to go to a hospital. I saw a photo of him. He looked pretty beaten up, definitely like he was having a rough night. Now, this is where things get interesting, is is that other sources told TMZ that this was a much more expansive event. He was apparently kidnapped, pistol whipped, and robbed. Uh, He was wrapping up a uh, video shoot and was getting back really late, around 4 a.m. He was kind of near his apartment when three hooded gunmen pistol whipped him unconscious. He woke up in the back of a car, which I'm sure is everyone's nightmare. They threatened to kill him if he didn't let them rob his house. So they drove to his house and the gunmen allegedly took around $750,000 in jewelry and between 15000 and 20000 in cash. So then he is sitting in the car, I think this entire time. And so after the robbery, they're just driving away with him. And he has to jump out of the car and runs away and is banging on the door of someone else that he sees. And they call 911. So regardless of what happened, and I'm sure that the police will get to the bottom of it, that's a pretty... Horrific end to the weekend. He attracts a lot of beefs. <laughs> and it's also, it's Takashi 69. 69? Not Takashi 69. It's hard to tell. The streets are listening. So I had to correct. <laughs> yeah, if anyone has any corrections for me, um, please post it to the Facebook page and I'll do a correction corner next week. Um, I am notoriously bad with pronunciations. And then on Monday, a uh, criminal felony judge has refused to go to work after being reassigned to do domestic violence cases. Uh, So State Supreme Court Justice in the Bronx, Armando Montano, uh, 
he basically is boycotting his job because he was uh, doing criminal cases and then they asked to switch him over to domestic violence and he refused. Uh, he said, and this is a uh, quote, I think, from the New York Post. He said, I cannot comprehend why I am being compelled to handle essentially civil and family court matters when I have a proven record of handling complicated felony matters. Um, he wrote in a letter to the Bronx ex Administrative Justice Robert Torres. And um, now a lot of people are a little upset with him. He has too much steez. He's got too much <laughs> steez for domestic violence cases. He knows his worth. Although, arguably, domestic violence cases are also quite complicated and nuanced. Um, although, I'm sure that the victims of these cases would much rather have a judge who wants to try those, who, who wants to be there. Uh, but the thing that I think is really making people see blood is, is that he is, an, he is in an elected position. He makes 200000 a year that he's basically just being like, maybe I won't show up to work today. And um, the only way to remove him is to go through the Commission on Judicial Conduct and they have to do an investigation. And that's kind of where we're at right now. But again, this is all quite new. And I will certainly keep you updated about what happens next. Um, but yeah, pay attention to who you elect. I know it's one of those down ticket votes that everyone tends to ignore. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes... You know, if you're going to be in front of them, you want a justice that you think is going to. Who, who isn't too truth. cool for it? Who He's isn't like, oh, too I'm cool too for cool it. for too cool for domestic violence cases. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, that's definitely something that you don't really want in your judicial system. We should figure out. You should look into what's the hierarchy of judges. Do they think like, oh, it's oh, that's, he's a domestic violence nerd. He's a oh, this guy's like a wire fraud geek. Like, is there? A hierarchy of types of cases judges like to see well i can imagine that doing criminal law would be quite <clears throat> glamorous in a way because um you i don't know you might get on tv or those are the cases i think people pay most attention to yeah it's tv i think he wants to be on tv <laughs> and um but anyway so he is next up for election in 2031. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> I know. I was really surprised by that. They, <laughs> He's still alive. He'll be here. <laughs> they really put you in there for a while. And then uh, Wednesday. Oh, and if you want to read more about that, uh, the New York Post has been covering it. That's where I got a lot of this information from. Uh, but as I was saying, we're also going to be... Uh, Giving you updates, I am interested in seeing what the judicial pro what the review process looks like for a judge. Uh, and then on Wednesday, the New York Daily News actually published a pretty cool article about how the NYPD's largest union is compiling a bunch of uh, crime data for their website, and they're hoping that this gives a better breakdown of crime in neighborhoods across the city. The website is. Hold on, the font's a little small, and oh, I have bad eyesight. The site is pbasafetytracker.nyc, and it's put out by the Patrolman's Benevolence Association. Not a union. 
A benevolent association. Exactly. This is very important to police. Very fancy names. Yes. And uh, so their whole deal is that they think that crime data could be beefed up and they want you to be able to see it on a more granular level. So I live in Bushwick and I can go on that site and I can pull up the Bushwick section and also see um, all the local horrific crime news going on. Uh, But I also really like that they cover kind of the politics behind policing a little bit. And um, so I just think it's like a cool site to get you up on criminal justice issues. Um, Now, when I was reading this article, one thing that really bummed me out is that the New York Daily News announced that they cut half their staff and removed all staff photographers. And... um, I mean, I do have a lot of friends who are at the Daily News or or aspire to be at the Daily News. And so, of course, there's like this personal element. But I also think that it is a detriment to journalism in New York City that the New York Daily News is apparently struggling so much that they have to cut so much of their staff. And so I just wanted to say that everyone listening, you really should support uh, local news it's really what fuels this show um and they're in your corner they want to be walking around your neighborhood talking to you getting to the bottom of really important things and also no one else is going to do this work and uh so i do think that this is something that we all really need to be paying attention to uh jad do you have any feelings about um yeah, it's tough to buy a newspaper, I guess. So, I see... I don't know, it's hard to get people to buy them. So, I see the decline, the reasons behind it. Do you have subscriptions for anything? Are you part of the problem? I'm a part of the problem. I am an acute part of the problem in that I read the daily news as I'm buying a coffee, and then I don't buy it. You put it back? No, I just just there. I'm like, you know, I, I thumb through it. While someone else is like playing lotto or doing something that takes a lot of time. And so I I absorb all the daily news knowledge for free. And then I don't. Which I, is what a bunch of people do online. But I, I go the extra insidious step of pawing at actually holding the paper and then not buying it. That is disgraceful. This disgraceful. is going to have an effect on our Shameful. friendship. Although, I mean, to be honest, I don't really have that many news subscriptions either. And so I definitely need to buck Shame. up and Shame. support local. I do. I feel so ashamed right now. I incognito mode <laughs> the New York Times and the Washington Post. Oh, and the one thing that also kind of made me feel things about this whole thing is that it was bought by Tronk, which is a Chicago-based company. And so... Sounds like a... And also a dinosaur, a type of dinosaur. Oh, really? The cruel Tronk. The enormous Tronk. Just make that up. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Trunk. Um, no, but anyway, the Chicago company Trunk bought the paper for $1 last summer. And so um, I'm assuming that there was something going on to warrant it a dollar. They were friends with people who owned it before or something. They, they bought the debt. So they, <laughs> they took on the liabilities of the paper. Mm. So whoever owned it before owed a lot of money. And they're like, you have to do a dollar for the, just to be a transaction, and then they essentially become responsible for like employee pensions and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, 
I don't know. Like, I really do think that journalism should be as locally based as possible. And so, um, I don't know. When I found out it was from these people in Chicago, I think it's great that they're trying everything they can to improve the paper. Um, although I wish it wasn't laying off a bunch of people. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like, I, I want local New York City news to thrive. And uh, as we learn on this show every week, there is more than enough news to go around. Although I guess we always do have the New York Times. <laughs> they have a metro section. And you can find more information on that. Um, so I was looking at an article from Huffington Post not supporting local news, but the New York Post has also really been keeping an eye on this. And then Thursday, the AP reported that a verdict has been reached uh, for the final two suspects in the 2015 slaying of Carrie Gabay, Gabby, perhaps, an aide for Andrew Cuomo, who was shot at Juve in 2014. Jad, do you know what Juve is? Juve? Uh, nope. It's a part of the... God, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I think it's part of the West Indian Day Parade. Ah. And it is uh, the night before. Everyone has these huge parties. And I actually went one year, and it was the most fun I've ever had. There were people... Uh, like grilling in their driveway and everyone is just wearing really colorful outfits. Oh, I know. Someone and, gets killed like every year. That's why someone, the mayor, the mayor, perennial mayors try to cancel it, but you really can't. It is huge. And basically, um, like it's a, this Caribbean festival and everyone comes out for it and they have a blast. And at least in my experience walking around, it is, uh, it felt very fun and welcoming, uh, but there is also kind of this underlying sinister vibe to it. It's It lasts all night, and there is a little bit of an anything-goes vibe, and I think that sometimes people might drink a little bit too much or have too much fun and get into these altercations. So this guy, he's having fun with his family, Um he was actually there with, uh, I think his niece, his half-brother. And uh, they just got caught up in some gunfire. And uh, so uh, his half-brother told the New York Post, bullets were flying. I smelled gunfire from there. I knew it was really close. And he just looks and... Um, this man named... Uh, and Carrie... He's been shot and he's dead. And so this was taken really seriously by the city. And so it's nice to see that they're finally starting to get some verdicts. Uh, 26-year-old Micah Eleni has been found guilty of manslaughter and criminal possession of weapon. But he was acquitted of the murder. His co-defendant, 27-year-old Stanley Eleanor, was convicted of reckless endangerment. And so basically what happened is, is that... Um, some of the charges, like, say, manslaughter, uh, they were found guilty, uh, but they weren't convicted of, say, this being a, um, like, premeditated act. So it was basically a conviction of an accidental death, which sounds like that's what it was. He wasn't targeted. And uh, so, I mean, you know, it's it's good that these cases are investigated and brought to justice. I also just want to say, though, that this is, 
that these stories are by no means telling people not to go to Juve. I think that it's a really important holiday and can be really fun. Um, just remember to stay safe and also for the people who are going to become violent. I don't know. I feel like you might know that about yourself before you go to the party. So maybe leave your gun at home. Just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. In a perfect world. And then uh, next up on Thursday, you might have noticed that the C was not working. Uh, at Broadway Junction, according to police, there was a possible murder-suicide. A 15-year-old... A 50... 15. Jesus. 54. 54. That's quite yeah. different. All right. A 50-year-old, 54-year-old man jumped on the tracks, pulling uh, Cynthia Razor from the platform with him just before 5 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, he was found dead at the scene. Oh, she was found dead at the scene while the man, whose name has not been released was transported to a hospital where he later died. An investigation is ongoing. Uh, so, I mean, if your uh, afternoon commute was delayed on the sea, uh, that might be why. It's because some horrific shit happened. Where was this? Union Square? Uh, Broadway Junction. Oh, this is not even in the city. Is it here? Broadway Brooklyn. Junction? Wow. Usually this kind of thing happens in the city. Yeah, this was over kind of out by my uh, old apartment, and I took a that subway transfer to the L every day for work. Damn, uh, it is kind of like a it is sort of a busy station, but it's nowhere near like usually the crazy stuff happens in the city because it's just like forty thousand people, and then you have a higher chance of having a crazy guy. But for it to happen here on Broadway Junction, it's interesting. Have you had any, what, if you, do you have any, like, not so subway stories of crimes being committed in front of you or mm. any rowdy passengers? Uh, no, I've just stopped riding the subway. I don't ride the subway. I don't have to go into the city, so it's like a distant memory. You're a bike guy? I'm a bike guy. Although yes. you got to worry about stuff like that there, too. I was just, uh, my roommate is a uh, bike messenger and a bike courier. And he was saying that someone doored him once and it shattered his hand. Jesus. So Yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, but I actually saw someone get stabbed on the subway once. Jesus, that's a crime. <laughs> that is definitely a crime. It was not very bad. He looked fine. Or at least he did not stop the- yelling at the person who stabbed him. Uh-uh. So I'm assuming that everything was okay. Uh, yeah, it would be weird if he did get stabbed and then he was like, okay, yeah, you're right. And then he stopped yelling at him. New way. I get your point. Get it? <laughs> get your point? He gets stabbed. That's pretty funny. That's Did a really they stop bad the train? Pun. No. Oh my goodness. It was like, um, okay, so also I've been living in New York for like maybe two months and was definitely very scared of everything and this did not help. Uh, Stabbing. And it was actually on the AC. Maybe it's just a rowdy line. Uh, but yeah, I was on the subway and these two guys knew each other. They were not friends and they started kind of grabbing each other and shouting. And so I was really impressed. The subway was quite crowded. Everyone just like packed into the other end of the car. Oh, wow. It's like sardines. And then this entire section where they were at was completely empty. And then, uh, right as we were pulling into the station, Oh, they started talking like, oh, this guy has a knife. Oh, my God. You know, and then this guy was like, oh, my God, dude, you stabbed me. And you kind of see some. But anyway, I was really impressed because the way that the 
Straffingers decided to handle it was as soon as the subway doors opened, everyone crowded around them and then just pushed them out the door. Very and then good. the train doors closed and it just went on to the next station. Yeah, these are smart guys because if the cops would have made it onto the subway, it would have just stopped that car indefinitely. But this way, their commute continues. No, there is no way that anyone was like, this is, there's no way this is going to affect my day any more than like the terror of being in this car has already been. And so uh, that was my horrific subway experience. Um, it's like the worst place to commit a crime, like on the subway, because there's no way to get away with it. You're kind of like, the, where are you going to go where like a camera is not going to see you? Or like where there's, you know. Where there's not 50 witnesses? Yeah. Even if, I don't know, I guess if you do a crime super late at night on the subway, maybe you can get away with it in the moment. But I think you'll still get caught eventually because of all the surveillance. And so, although, actually, I should do an episode on this, uh, but I was reading an article saying that a lot of the cameras in the subway system don't actually work. Uh, Just there for show. They're there to scare off the the mole people. Yes, keep them at bay. Uh, But anyway, uh, so that's my big news of the week. And uh, so, as you... Listeners probably know uh, these past couple of episodes have been pretty heavy. I mean, I know it's a show about crime, so all the episodes are going to be heavy. But the last few have definitely been getting me down a bit. Um, our last episode, we talked about Citizen App and how uh, crowdsourcing hold, can hold police accountable. And then our first one was just going over the criminal justice system and in general making me realize that there's a lot that could be improved. Uh, so for today, I decided to just talk about some interesting murders that have been going around in New York. And, uh, so I invited Jad here to, I asked him to come by and talk about one that he might find a little bit interesting. And then I've also prepared a few myself. Now, uh, I'm going to just clear the air right now and say that we are not lawyers. We are not involved in the court system. Uh, we might use Wikipedia sometimes to talk about these cases. So if you're interested in any of this, please follow up with your own research. Yeah. But also we're probably right. There's a good chance we're right. We might be right. We should do a cold case section of our show where we just go around and solve solve crimes. Yeah. Some crimes just need a guy to be like, solved it. You just need someone to commit and say it's solved. If you have any crimes, uh, any hopefully somewhat more lighthearted, less dangerous crimes that don't require the NYPD, but you still want someone to look into, let me know on the Facebook page and we'll figure out which one of your siblings stole your Christmas present when you were 10. And we'll punish them. We will lightly punish them by forcing them onto the show to defend themselves. Yep. And, um, yeah, so, Jed, which which murder were you looking at? Uh, I was looking at the murder of um, Jonathan Levin. Ooh. This guy was the son of a really bad businessman. <laughs> okay. I thought that was pretty interesting. His dad was Gerald Levin, who... At the height of the dot-com bubble, merged AOL with Time Warner. 
which like two years later was proved to be a really stupid move. But it's kind of the reason why AOL still is still sort of a company, just kind of because it got married there. Wait, so is he the reason why the internet's taking over the world? Uh, no, I think he. Is that still Mark Zuckerberg? Does he still have the, that throne? Well, yeah, it's still the <laughs> Zuck. Okay. Or whoever, whoever's who's whoever Zucks the Zuck. So, sure. so what's going on with this murder? Was it related to his dad? Were there any like bad business deals or? Yeah, that was a really bad business deal, but it wasn't. They didn't know it at the time because it was the dot com bubble. But he, this guy, his son Jonathan, was talking about. Oh, my dad did this merger with Time Warner and AOL. And so, uh, oh, this guy was a teacher in the Bronx. So people heard him talking about it, and they assumed he was a very rich guy. Uh, and he must have that AOL money at home stashed away. And so uh, the seeds of crime were planted. And people were like, oh, okay, we're going to try to rob this guy and get some money. Those young minds, they're so easy to plant seeds in. Yeah, seeds. <laughs> And the, <laughs> that was an inappropriate joke. I'm sorry. This is a morning show. Yeah, and, well, the seeds were planted. And then so what happens is two guys, uh, allegedly, this is the, the story. One of them, this guy, Corey Arthur, calls. He's like a beloved student of this guy, a beloved former student. Uh, calls and he leaves him a message. He's talking on the answering machine like, hey, if you're there, pick up. It's important. Uh, and then... Later on, uh, eventually, this teacher doesn't show up for work, and he's found uh, tied to a chair and, like, stabbed a bunch and tortured and and killed in his apartment. And this Corey guy has apparently, and this is what the police believe happened, him and an accomplice tortured this guy until they got his bank PIN number. Uh, And then they took out, like, $800, which was, like, the AOL fortune. Uh, $800? Yeah, the AOL fortune. And so Arthur always, I guess, denied it. Always denied his involvement. Or he denied that he killed him. It's, it's weird. I think he he says he was involved and he's responsible, but he didn't actually pull the trigger or stab. Uh, but his accomplice wrote like a 21-page confession. Uh that eventually got thrown out because it was shown that like he was drunk when he wrote it or something. Uh, but now Levin is in jail and he says he may no, now not Corey let, Arthur's in jail. Corey Arthur's in jail. Levin's definitely Levin is dead. dead. Yes. Uh, he was, <laughs> Levin was cleared <laughs> in his own death. And, uh, yeah. So, so is there like a big controversy over whether or not Corey Arthur did it or are people like pretty convinced that he did and maybe he's just in denial over this? The weird thing is it's like the 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 controversy is like how stupid do you have to be to kill this guy? Like because he left so much evidence and then like he left that message on his machine and then he went and like used his bank card personally and it, like he was found immediately. Like he went he, uh, he he basically like served himself to police and so the the controversy is like yeah yeah maybe he didn't actually kill him or didn't think he'd be killed uh and like his accomplice did or other people did and then you know he got the rap for it 
So it started out, so you have like this beloved school teacher teaching kids in the Bronx. He has like this big, was he teaching kids in the Bronx or? Yeah, oh. he was an English teacher. Yeah. And so he seems like a pretty sweet, nice guy. Yeah. And the guy, the Corey was also, they were supposedly friends. Like him and the teacher were, were super tight. Um, So who knows? The, the Corey's even weird about it too. He He talks about like. He takes responsibility for it. Like, I think he thinks he got the guys who eventually killed him interested or starting to target him. Uh, but he says he didn't actually do it or didn't intend to. Uh, yeah, it's a weird situation because, like, his defense is like, how could you be so stupid? How, like... Mm-hmm. The best defense is, like, if he if he really intended to kill this guy, he would have been smarter about it. I mean, that sounds like a very tragic situation if, I mean, if Corey Arthur... So, just just did they think that it was just, like, a robbery and maybe he called to come over and then it just got out of hand? Yeah, so, like, the, the controversy is, like, probably his friends or some, like, some friends of friends, like, actually carried out the murders and, uh, you know, the torture and all that. But he was just kind of a part of it. He kind of got roped into it or maybe saw it as like a robbery. I think at one point he said that he was smoking crack in the dude's apartment uh, when two other guys came in and killed him. That's not a great look for a teacher either if it's... No, not the teacher. The Arthur said okay, he was okay. smoking crack when two guys came in and killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> what, really? What's interesting is that it's just the best defense is that it's such a stupid crime that maybe he didn't do it because it's kind of like kind of like confessing to it as you do it if you like leave a message on the dude's machine and then like don't try to cover up anything and then use Mm -hmm. the guy's atm like in your neighborhood and there's definitely cameras okay so pro tip if you're gonna steal someone's pin number atm machines have cameras yeah so maybe don't do that it's a bad crime I actually kind of remember reading something about this and apparently like a ton of people went to this guy's funeral and he would go to uh, like all these sports games of his students and was just very there for them. And I just always find it interesting, I guess, when you have um, students killing, killing teachers or kids killing parents. Um, like I'm not talking about cases where there's some sort of abuse going on, but more of it almost seems like there's like this weird snap that happens or like maybe in this case where the kid just does not think out the situation that they get roped into. And it just seems very like tragic because, you know, I mean... I well, you're, you're way more likely to be killed by someone you know. Yeah, that's true. Because they have access to you. I mean, if you're close to a teacher, you're close to family. That means you always have access to them and you can, can be alone with them without arousing suspicion. Mm-hmm. Easy targets. If For, as if for the, the, cr- the criminal side of our audience, your Te- friends and family are easy targets. <laughs> teachers are easy targets. Don't, don't kill your poor teachers. Um... Well, I actually also have one, uh, a murder that I would like to share with you. And you, Jad, have a personal connection to it. Nice. 
I did. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. We're just going to clear the air right now, and Jad's going to tell all of us that he didn't do it. Jad, no. tell us more about the thing that you didn't do. I didn't do it. I'm just kidding. Even though the evidence points, that's actually I how ca- I confess under just because I wanted the cops to like me. I didn't actually do it. That's actually a thing, though, is confessing under duress. It's like you're sitting in this room for like hours and hours. And I think a lot of people probably think something like, well, maybe I'll just clear it up later. It'll be fine. No, do not confess to something you haven't done. Just get a lawyer right away. That is by far the best thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, this story, someone is needing a lawyer very quickly. Uh, so Daniel Rivera, 41 has been missing since September 22nd. And (coughs) apologize for the coughing. The thing that I think is freakiest about this murder is is that his body was found in early October last year. It was found two doors from a game night that Chad and I go to every week. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, our friend Chris... This is not an official quote. He was not talked to by the police, so I do not know how accurate his information is. But he said um, that, like, the days leading up to the the murder and the body being found, uh, that he could hear people arguing outside of his window, and he thought that that's what this was. And he just woke up one day, and there is this police tape all over their block. And actually, um, my uh, good friend Ricky, who also lives in this apartment offered to come on the show this morning uh but he overslept (laughs) sweet rick uh oh that's because we were all we're all drinking last night super late we might have been drinking last night somewhat less late for this host Uh, but jad gets an old jad gets in gold star for being here today i don't know i don't remember when ricky left i think pretty late this is how uh friendships are betrayed by not coming on their friends' true crime shows to talk about the murder that happened to to apartments from them. Letting down your friends is the truest crime. But anyway, um, if you hear any clicking, that is Dad adjusting his headphones. (laughs) Um, Okay, so poor Daniel, Daniel Rivera. He actually seems like he was a really sweet guy. Although, then again, I think I tend to be very sympathetic towards victims of murder. As opposed um, to the murderers. Yeah, I don't give a shit about the murderers. Yeah. Um, so he went missing September 22nd. His body was recovered October 6th. Um, as I was saying, it was fairly traumatic for the people on that block. And this is uh, a block in Bushwick. It took nine months for prosecutors to build their case. Uh, this is what happened. All right, so he goes missing, and it's, like, super weird because he just got a new job as a uh, superintendent of these this, like, apartment complex in Bushwick. And uh, so he'd gotten this promotion, like, a couple of days His dreams had just come true. His, His lifelong dream of being the super had come the, true. The super of Bushwick. But that's actually, it sounds like that's kind of what he was, though. I mean, he uh, was a, he worked security at this building in Williamsburg. And when he died, just all these people were coming out of the woodwork saying that he was the best guy ever. 
And one story that I found really touching was was that this woman was being stalked and she could see this guy following her from the subway, waiting in front of her building. She's freaked out. She goes to him and she's like, hey, Daniel, this guy's being super creepy. And Daniel goes and talks to him. He's like, you need to get out of here now. And he was just one of those people that if anyone that he was responsible for had any sort of issue, he would be there for you. He was like this older brother. And um, there's a quote in one of these articles saying that he um, ate the best in Williamsburg because literally every single person in this apartment building would feed him and have their grandmas cook for him. I know. And so, you know, I'm sure that the residents of this place that he was the super for was like super excited. I mean, I see my super like once every six months, certainly not a guy that I'm going to like crack out the lasagna for. And so Daniel seems like he was just super decent. He just wanted to do his job and he took pride in his work. Um, But he just crossed the wrong guy. And so then it was really weird because he went missing and then his boss gets a text from him just being like, I quit. I don't want to do this. And that is not his MO. And so people are like, okay, what's up? Then... The police receive this anonymous tip from someone named Peter Pan. Peter Pan? Yes. That's probably not a real name. That's probably not a real name. So Peter Pan calls the NYPD and says that Daniel is buried in the backyard of an apartment at the intersection of Himrod and Evergreen. So the cops take out cadaver dogs and they're searching around. And Did you see the dogs? No. Were they cute babies? I did not see the dogs. Although, cute babies, I feel like they look very regal. Sweet babies. There were a bunch of, um, there's an NYPD canine unit at my uh, subway stop for work. Just hanging out. Are they the same dogs? Are those cadaver dogs as well? I think they're they're all German Shepherds, aren't they? Ah. Oh, I thought it was like hounds. Hounds. Oh, they might be like little Sweet babies. Yeah. Sweet baby hounds. Just big ears. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, <clears throat> either a German Shepherd or a Beagle uh, found his body wrapped in plastic in a shallow grave. And uh, the backyard was a block from the three apartments that he managed. All right. So the police are looking at this. They do the autopsy report. I think they think he was strangled, mm-hmm. which is like a really brutal way to kill someone. You got to like... Stand there with your... With their strangled by hand? Well, I mean, even if you uh, garrot someone, isn't that strangling as well? I don't know. Oh, this came up at game night because we were like, can you strangle someone with a chain? Yeah. Can you strangle someone with your hands? But no, suffocation was the... Okay, so just for background, we play this uh, game that's kind of like a souped up version of Clue um, where we have all these debates about how you can kill people. Uh, I promise none of us are murderers, although true crime does seem to be a pretty deeply embedded theme in my life. And, um, yeah, so they do this autopsy report. They realize, I think, that he was strangled. Don't quote me on that. I forgot to write it down, but I'm pretty sure I read that this morning. Um, And that's like a very brutal way, very personal way of killing someone. And so, of course, as Jad was saying earlier, a lot of people are murdered by people that you actually know. So, so the police are like interviewing friends, relatives. Of course, 
they're interviewing the person whose apartment it is, lo and behold, it is the grandma of the previous super who was just fired. Oh. Supers. Super on super violence is a tragedy. Their grandma. They buried that body in their grandma's backyard. I think the grandma was definitely in on it. You think? Yeah. Oh, also, all this is allegedly. Allegedly. No one's been, excuse me, no one's been convicted. It's the perfect crime. They're like, grandma, you strangle this man. No one will suspect you because you're a grandma. And then all the evidence will point to this a grandma strangulation. Poor grandma. Yeah. And then she takes the rap. Did, well, is, did any of this happen? What happened? Okay. Yeah. So what happened? All right. So police suspect the super. Oh, they do think he's strangled. There we go. I have it in my notes. He was strangled. And so police are coming up with this theory. They think that he was uh, strangled in a different house. And then they wheeled him down the block in a cart, swaddled in plastic bags, and buried him in the backyard. And so they're collecting DNA evidence. They find a couple of security cameras. So we should actually tell Ricky that his uh, block is under surveillance, which I'm sure actually in this case probably makes him feel a lot better. Um, most blocks. Like a lot of bo- most bodegas have cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the police uncover the surveillance video of them moving the body. And it is... So let me see. The super is Keith Floyd. And they believe that he roped his he killed him and then he roped his sister into helping hide the murder for him did he regain his 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 throne did he become the super no again (laughs) no he was fired he was gone not getting that job back at least i don't think so that would be crazy if he got his job back after that i mean he was like fired for a reason i'd presume Uh, he was also palace intrigue he was also um he had a bit of a rap sheet uh so I think that he definitely was a little... Your super can't be a, a criminal. Oh, it can't be? Yeah. Because? Yeah. Because you have to... Your super has to defend your building. Oh. Yeah. From crime. That's true. And so I think that... Uh, yeah, Keith Floyd. Mm-mm. Anyway, uh, allegedly. Mm-mm. Anyway, so... Uh, Apparently, he roped his sister into helping him move this body. And police think that Floyd killed Daniel over jealousy that Daniel took his job. He uh, was killed a couple days after Floyd was fired and he was promoted. And uh, they actually think that... All right, so Daniel's strangled and Floyd's like, oh man, I have this dead body now. Calls his sister Adriana. And she actually also has been um, charged with uh, crimes related to the murder. And they're just kind of like moving the body around, trying to figure out what to do with it. And then I guess they come across, come upon grandma's house and are like, yes. She has a yard. She has a yard. Let's go bury the body in the backyard. I just think that's so nuts. Anyway, they have a bunch of DNA evidence. They have this security footage. I'm assuming some witnesses like... You think the family knew? I don't know. I, yeah, probably the the G Ma definitely knew. Uh, 
I just wonder what happened like th- during the power vacuum when there was no super in those buildings, you know? Oh, in the days after yeah, those heady days of chaos, like one super is fired and then the next is killed. Like who jockeys for position, you know, to become the new super. It's like a Who's little... the super now? You know, that'd be an interesting thing to see like, oh, like how deep does this actually go? You think that there's like a power struggle to be super of these three buildings? Like maybe we're not even looking at the right place. Like maybe this Floyd guy is a pawn of whoever the current super is. That is definitely a theory. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much power supers actually have. I mean, they can kind of destroy your life. Yeah. I mean, they can they eat can anything also... in your fridge. Anything they in can your just fridge. come into your house and eat whatever they want. I feel like you're uh, hinting at some bad super stories here, Jad. Some supers damage can... from prior supers. No, this is just. Supers can come into your house and switch out your pets for pets that look like them. Supers, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of power. They just get power hungry and I guess in this place sometimes kill people. And anyway, so he got a defense attorney. Oh, and all this has happened. Like uh, he was convicted in not convicted. He was charged in July. So all this is super recent. So his defense attorney told reporters there's very little evidence and, I mean, I am kind of impressed. It took nine months for this investigation. A lot of times, you know, stuff gets solved quite a bit earlier than that. So, yeah. I mean, I guess they did do a pretty... They allegedly did a good job at hiding DNA and all that. And um, so Floyd's family has come out in support of both him and his sister. His nephew, I knew there was a nephew somewhere in this document, told the Daily News that Uncle Keith was just as surprised as everyone else when police found the body in the backyard. And I mean... That's not mine. Wow. No, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, if you think about it, like, I think that would kind of freak me out to just uh, have, like... You think he was framed by the... Like, I think there's a third super. That's my theory. There's, like, a third super that we're not thinking about that was, like, I... This Daniel guy is a super now. I want to become the super, but if I kill him and bury him in my grandma's house, it's going to be too obvious. So I'll kill him and bury him in the grandma of this previously fired super's, this previously fired super's grandma's house. And he'll take the rap for me and I'll be the super. It sounds like um, our game night needs to go undercover and infiltrate this apartment building so we can figure out what's going on. I mean, the investigation is no. We don't know what leads. Maybe, maybe that's like someone's following this lead. There's some detective somewhere. Well, actually, this is going to be pretty interesting because. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, we were there when the police found the body. I mean, we weren't like there, there, but we saw the yellow tape and we saw like all the activity. And so, I'm planning on um, following this through the trial. And um, I don't know if this is an interest to listeners. Maybe I can uh, bring my recorder and actually sit in on a few days and watch it and report back to you guys. Yeah, and you should also see, you should go see, like, if the people who live under the current illegitimate super, whoever he is, like, if they're allegiant to him, like, how they feel about their rightful super being murdered, and now there's, like, some kind of usurper. Who is, yeah, I want to know who's the current super. That's your big question? Yep. Who's the current super? 
I want to see this video footage that they found of these guys with their little wheelbarrow, whatever it was. Yeah. I always think, have you have you Stumbling seen any? Around. Um. So I I got my hands on some surveillance footage of a uh, place where crime was committed. It's super interesting. I don't understand how. I have like a lot of respect for cops who can look at it and actually figure out what's going on because. So it was like a surveillance camera in a convenience store and they were trying to figure out who was entering and exiting um, before this woman was murdered. And honestly, I just see a lot of backs of heads. You yeah. know, it's like a lot of hats and dark hair. So I'm always like impressed that they can take these very images and actually put together these stories. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure sometimes they just see what they want to see. They're like, oh, like this is what we think happened and then... They kind of confirm it with the security footage. Um, well, that's my story to put the fear in um, all of our listeners in Bushwick, myself included. And no, you live in Williamsburg, don't Williamsburg, you? Williamsburg, yeah. So uh, I'm above the, these, these petty super feuds. We've, we've, we're more evolved in Williamsburg. Our supers are, there's a parliamentary system. It's not just murder and usurpation. I feel like now you're, we're talking about this murder as if it is like Queen Elizabeth during the 1500s and it's going to be made into a Shakespeare play. That's brilliant. Someone should do that. I mean, that's kind of what his plays are, though, like Julius Caesar and Macbeth. Ooh, Macbeth is a super murdery Shakespeare play. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they said something like, you know, oh, you're going to be down for maintenance and like forever. And then they, you know, it's like, he's, I wonder if he said something a super would say as he killed the super. <laughs> Is that something that supers yeah. say? I don't know. I, I, what do they talk about? They're just like, oh, the we have to fix the, the water heater. So there's not going to be any water for a while. Oh, I just feel so bad for this poor guy, though. He seems like he was just, like, really sweet and good at his job and... A benevolent super. Yeah. Although I do also so sometimes worry that... I, I feel like a lot of the crime stories that I run across, or if you watch Investigation Discovery, a lot of it is very pure victims. You know? It's like the blonde girl walking home from school, or... You know, the guy who baked cookies for the entire neighborhood. And, like, okay, it's definitely important to tell their stories. But it's probably also important to tell the stories of people who are murdered who are probably, I don't know, maybe they're grouchy or they yell, get off my lawn. I mean, that doesn't mean that they deserve to be killed. Or they listen to, to music through their phone speaker instead of using headphones. No, they they might. Yeah. Especially if it's on the subway. That's actually maybe the These are only. Bad people. These are bad people. That's maybe the only violence that I condone is people who. Oh my god, people who take phone calls on the subway. You don't it's take like, phone calls on the subway. No, do you? You, I talk on the phone. Yeah, you can talk to people on the subway. Do you mean like have a speakerphone conversation on the subway? No, they like have the phone up to their ear. Sometimes it is speaker, but they're just talking really loudly for like thirty minutes. Because I take the above ground, I take the J uh. into Manhattan. <clears throat> and I swear to God, sometimes I sit next to these people who are having this conversation and they get really excited and I think they can't hear very well with the earbuds. They just start talking louder and louder. 
How does it make you feel? Uh, angry? It makes me feel very angry and aggressive. Like how angry? Like angry so enough angry. to... Uh, to strangle? Um, no, I've never wanted to... I mean, it's essentially talking. People talk on the subway. But it's like an obnoxious one-sided conversation without context. It's hard to zone out because it's like, silence, 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 reading your book. And then, oh my God, blah, 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 did so-and-so last night in rare. And then silence, silence. So your beef is you can't follow the conversation. My beef is, one, I can't eavesdrop like any respectable New Yorker wants to. And two, it's really hard to zone out because the (laughs) volume keeps changing. Ah, I see. I can't believe this doesn't bother you. I mean, not enough to kill. No, I mean, I'm not going to like kill someone but, but like pay someone to kill someone if i accidentally grabbed their throat grab their phone and threw it onto the subway track i feel like that would be justified justified um but no in general i am pretty anti-murder uh speaking of which Jad, did you see on the news they have those like crazy i don't remember what state it was but some state has like stand your ground law yeah did you see that road rage incident uh no. Oh, is your is your car your ground now as well? You well, can stand your ground and in, in your car. These two guys were arguing over a parking spot. And oh. okay, so this family they might have been repeat offenders at this. Uh drove into parked in a handicap spot. Oh. Uh now I actually have a disability where handicap spots are really nice. I'm not even going to get into a big fist fight over this. But anyway, so these guys, uh, this guy like approaches them. He's like, you can't park there, blah, blah, blah. You don't have a handicap license, which I'm like, they shouldn't have parked there. Uh, but then they start like, he's like yelling at his face and yelling at this guy's wife. And so then the guy pushes him, which I feel like is a not unexpected response to yelling at someone about a parking spot. And so, so far in this story, I am completely on the side of the guy yelling at the dude who is in the handicapped parking spot without a without his little sticker. Um, but then he gets pushed. He's on the ground. He takes out his pistol and he shoots this person. And he dies in front of his wife, in front of his kid. That is completely legal because of the stand your ground law. And so when the cops are called, they were like, you can't really do anything. There wasn't a law that was broken. Damn, stand your ground is crazy. You can just provoke people and then kill them. Yeah, apparently. And I was As like, whoever's closest to the ground gets to stand it. Like, get it? <laughs> it was, he was pushed down, so it was his ground to stand. Oh, I see. But that's how it works now is you just have to... So if you, like, lay on the ground with your gun, you can just, like, shoot at passerbys, apparently. Yeah, you can stand that ground. It's your ground. Uh, but anyway, the guy was claiming that he's like, well, you pushed me, so I was fearing for my life. Which, you know, I mean... Mm. Yeah, it's a big debate. And then... Uh, but, like, castle laws and stand your ground, stuff like that is, I think, a pretty interesting topic, especially since there are areas where there's quite a few gun owners. I just, yeah, I'm waiting for the fight where it's like, Bro, don't make me stand my ground. I'll do it. And then the other guy's like, bro, don't make me stand my ground. I'll do it. And they're each standing the same ground. I think you're really getting caught up on this ground thing. And whose ground is it? You know, it's like two guys want to kill each other, but they're both, they both want to stand the ground. You know what I'm saying? So it's like whose ground is whose. 
to stand on. Are you developing the perfect crime? Yeah. Where it's like the weirdest. It'll be the weirdest Mexican standoff where they can't decide whose ground is being stood. And then, um, I don't know. I just think it's so insane that like so many of these cases, and then also with police brutality cases, uh, which I feel like I probably end all my shows talking about, which honestly I'm kind of fine with. Uh, but they always, uh, it's always like your word against basically a dead person's. Yep. You know, I mean, I can't imagine trying to um, be like a prosecutor building these cases. It doesn't sound like there'd be that much to work with. Yeah. Without ghost technology. Without ghost technology. Did you see the TV show about ghost technology? No. Oh. Oh, it's a real thing. Ghost technology. Oh, well, I mean, it was actually kind of a good show. Um, I wish I remembered the name. It's oh, Altered Carbon. Uh, uh, so, oh, I did watch that show. Yeah. I know there were ghosts. Sort of. Well, it was sort of ghosts. And, okay, so plot spoiler for Altered Carbon. It's been out for a couple months. But anyway, um, basically this murder gets... Uh, this police officer is living in a world where you can upload your consciousness to, like, a clone of yourself. And so she's trying to advocate for police stations to use that to fight crime. And um, so, like, in this world, there's people who are, say, Catholic, who, like, don't want their bodies to continue after their natural death. And at the end of the show, um, a law in this world is passed where if you are a victim of a violent crime, your conscience can be uploaded for police use so that they can see what happened to you. Uh, Which... Ghost, ghost tech. Yeah, it's literally ghost witnesses. So, Jad, you might be onto something. Yeah. Although, hopefully, it won't turn into an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Crime Talk on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'll uh, see you guys uh, next week, next Saturday at 11 a.m. And again, if